Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. And today, I am joined by a special guest, Daniel Hess. Daniel is a filmmaker, as well as a self-published artist from Baltimore, Maryland. He's a self-published author, and since 2009, he has been working in the corporate event spaces of video production. So, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a complete pleasure. Well, why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm a filmmaker and writer here based in Baltimore. And, uh, you know, I was born and raised here. Growing up, uh, I was actually had a couple, you know, talking with the the sense of, of curveballs and everything else. Uh, growing up, you know, I've kind of had a few of those um, throughout my life, but uh, film and, and writing were two of the biggest things that helped me through a lot of different experiences and have been the constants in my life as both a means of escape from the real world and being able to sort of dive into movies and cinema and getting transported to different places. Uh, and then as a means of catharsis in the ability to write about my experiences and share them with the world uh, in either book form or screenplay form. And, you know, it's, it's just been one of those things that's, that's been there for me my whole life. Uh, so that's the briefest of brief overviews. <laughs> so what got you into filmmaking and writing? Yeah. So, uh, growing up, I was always a big fan of sci-fi type films, especially, uh, well, not sci-fi, I guess, uh, like the monster movies. Uh, I grew up watching Godzilla films and would just kind of sit there and daydream uh, about different stories with Godzilla fighting some new monster or things like that. Uh, and so I, I had this appreciation for movies that were escapist, but also, you know, had heart to them too. And it was always a lot of fun kind of watching those films from back then. So that was for me the the earliest startings of wanting to tell stories and wanting to explore different places and also the the deep kind of influence that film would go on to have for me throughout life uh, as I grew up and and kind of faced different hardships and everything. Well, you also in your writings you include your personal connections. So so tell us about the personal connections that are connected to your writings. Yeah, so you know, growing up, some of those trials that sort of came about, um, the first really kind of being the fact that I was born with a heart condition known as aortic valve stenosis, uh, which essentially means that when my aortic valve pumps blood from the heart, some of it uh, leaks back in when it shouldn't. And I was fortunate enough that it was mild to the point fact that like we would just sort of monitor it every year and I would get you know echocardiograms EKGs and see a cardiologist 
And so that really altered the trajectory of where my life could go from the start. Uh, growing up in a small town, you know, a big part of that small town life is sports and things like that. And I was definitely a big sports fan as a kid. Um, my favorite football team was and still is the Jaguars, uh, mainly because their quarterback was left-handed at the time, Mark Brunel, and I was a lefty. So something about that smallest connection uh, built that out for me. But, you know, as I grew up, I sort of realized that like, you know, football was something that I wouldn't be able to do. Most high school sports was not going to be an option. Weightlifting and bench press and all those things they didn't want me doing. Um, just because, you know, the accelerated heart rate and then the major slowdown would, would complicate things for me. So, you know, that was sort of the first step of having a different path than I think what a lot of people kind of look for in small town life. And the second being um, my cousin, who is also my close friend, and I say uh, older brother I never had. Uh, his name was Anthony or Tony, as everybody called him. He had cystic fibrosis. And, you know, when you're a kid growing up, you don't really think about diseases and things like that and disorders or, you know, being born with certain things. So, I mean, I never really viewed it through that lens. I just saw him as somebody that, you know, sometimes would need occasional extra help with stuff. Uh, but when he was 14 and I was 10, he actually uh, ended up going into a coma. Uh, I remember it was like right before the summer break for school. And he was in that coma for about two or three months. And we would see him pretty much almost every day we could go and, you know, visit and everything. And unfortunately, about 10 days before my 11th birthday, uh, he passed away from complications with CF. So that, again, changed everything. Uh, you know, that was to me the end of what is true innocent childhood and really put me in a, a place that was strange and I didn't understand for a long time uh, because I think it's like, you know, for any kid, it's seeing someone that young and that close to your own age dying is just, it was just a lot. It was a huge shock to the family and it was huge shock for me because um, I never thought in a million years that he would kind of be lost to that. So that's where for me, writing transitioned from something that was fantasy based to more into something that was a way to share my own feelings that I wouldn't have otherwise felt comfortable with just saying aloud. So that was the, the big transition into seeing what creativity could do for someone um, that's dealing with a lot and seeing the true power of like what creativity can breed uh, in someone. So that was sort of the, the big transition piece in my life and what I kind of have carried with me and, and still carry with me, uh, even by, you know, naming my own company after him all these years later and sort of trying to keep that memory alive. So that was, you know, my, my big influence on creativity as this kind of very deeply interconnected thing with, you know, your own personal uh, 
struggles and trying to get those out to be healthier and to live a, a better life. Well, let's talk about what authors influence you. Who, who influences you that's a author that you look up to? So I've always been a big fan of Hemingway and the style in which he writes simply because he uses what's known as the iceberg method, which is sort of, you know, painting a picture just at the surface level without going into all these insanely intricate details. So you as a reader can sort of get this mental image, but it allows you to have this freedom to build out the rest of the world that's there. So it, it to me, it's almost the style of writing that is inviting someone to use their imagination because it's not spelling out everything for you. It's just sort of giving you enough that you can say, okay, I get what you're saying. I get who these characters are, but you add your own spices to them and everything. So for me, that's, that's influenced my style of writing very heavily where I kind of want to create enough, you know, that it has cohesive, cohesive elements, but it also allows someone to come into it and say, okay, you know, I, I've been through this or that and I can relate in this or that manner. And it really helps, I think, personalize the experience for everyone, um, which to me is always the end goal because through sharing things that I've been through, I think it, it creates a dialogue for others to say, oh, wow, I'm not alone in thinking you know, this way, or I'm not alone in this experience that I've had. Um, because for me, that's been one of the biggest struggles I've had throughout my life is feeling alone with a lot of things, you know, feeling alone in being 10 years old and no one else around me had experienced a, a death like that. And, you know, not knowing anyone else that had a heart condition and, you know, all these things that, that make you feel isolated. I kind of want to put it out there because I never want people to feel that, that way. I want people to know that there are others that are going through things just like them. And I think that's, you know, a very powerful message to try to get across. Who is your favorite filmmaker in the film industry? So filmmaking wise, there's a lot of different influences that I take in. Um, I really love the French New Wave movement and Jean-Luc Godard as a filmmaker. But I have a lot of respect for, you know, like Steven Spielberg. I think he is a great storyteller and knows how to create worlds that very much immerse you. And it's an easy pick for a reason. I really enjoy Denis Villeneuve, who, you know, has made the most recent like Blade Runner films and things like that, where it's just great Again, great storytelling, great world building. Yorgos Lathermos, I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, um, but he's had films like The Lobster and The Favorite and just really understands like really hilarious biting satire in a sense that I think a lot of filmmakers miss um, because I, I'll say from my own experience with his films, there's some of the, I laugh so hard at his movies and I feel like a lot of people take it very seriously because face value, it is presented seriously, but I think it's the most tongue in cheek uh, filmmaking I've seen in quite a while. Um, so yeah, I look up to a lot of filmmakers like that. 
And then I try to just take away a little bit from every era of film possible um, and every culture of film too. So I consider myself like an endless student in that regard, but those are just a few of the top of mind names that come to my mind when I think about, you know, my favorite filmmakers and, and favorite films that I've seen over the years. What's the hardest part about your work and, and what you do on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, I'll say when it comes to writing and filmmaking, you know, they're, they're two separate beasts, but they have essentially the same issues, which is just you're fighting a crowd. You know, you have tons and tons of people who are in the film space and are in the writing space and everyone's vying for the same sort of things. You know, everybody wants to get representation, managers, you know, uh, trying to get themselves involved in writers' rooms or trying to get their films made. And it's just a lot of trying to push through all the noise that is out there and trying to differentiate yourself. And so I'd say the hardest thing is that you really... There's like digging deep and then there's really digging deep. And I think, especially with writing, you have got to just put 110% of yourself not only on the page, but then also in how you're marketing yourself and how you're presenting things and the outreach you're doing and the networking you're doing. So it's this kind of souffle of all these different elements that you have to be really proficient at if you want to get to a level that I think most people are trying to achieve, which is, you know, trying to get in the, the big circles of people and stuff like that. And you're just not going to do that without either having some amazing connections to start with, which those are the people I feel like that have it a little bit easier. You know, if you're sort of, I don't want to say born into anything, but if you, you know, have a family that's got a lot of connections, it's going to be a simpler job to get in the conversation uh, money is of course something that always helps, but if you're sort of outside of all of those things, uh, it's really just about putting in the time, effort and energy. And I say, I, I always like walk myself back from that because you hear that a lot. And I think that's only a half of what it means to have success. I think the other half is kind of what I mentioned before, which is having quality stuff. I mean, I see a lot of people out there that, that are pushing and grinding and doing all these things right. And then you peel back the layers and, and look at what they're doing. And sometimes people just, the, the knack isn't there or the, the writing isn't there. There's just some element that isn't there. And if you're not identifying that and growing and taking feedback and all of those things, then you're not going to, no matter how hard you push, you're not going to get to that next tier that you're trying to get to simply because you're being, you know, stubborn and not listening to what's around you. And so that's why I always say it's like the motivation has to be there and the willingness to grow and learn and take away everything that is said to you, no matter how silly feedback you think it might be. Um, because that's the only way that you're going to evolve into the next stage of whatever you're trying to accomplish in life. Well, tell us about your books and your films and what listeners can expect when they read them or watch them and, 
you know, just kind of let us know where to get them at and check them out. Yeah. So uh, my first self-published book is a poetry collection entitled Just a Boy Blaming Himself. Uh, that is fully self-published and it is available on Amazon and a handful of indie bookstores throughout the country. It's one of those things where it was a collection of poems that I had written throughout my mid to late 20s and was just slowly accumulating all of these poems and didn't really have an end goal with them at all. And I started really just getting better at sharing them with people. And so people would tell me, you know, okay, I really like this poem. I really like that. Like you're a good writer. And I just didn't have confidence for a very long time. So finally, uh, throughout the, the pandemic, I sort of took the, the step back and realized that, you know, one of the things I've been trying to do is just put myself out there better. And if I'm not putting these things out there for people, then I'm doing myself a huge disservice. So I finally got everything together, thought about what I wanted to call it, what I wanted it to look like as far as the cover and everything. And slowly but surely, I, I built it out and put it out there in January 2021. And since then, it's gotten a lot of good feedback. Uh, and it's just one of those things where it's I think people can expect to see a lot of a person who is struggling with their sense of place in the world and relationships issues and things like that. And I think there's a lot, again, to be taken away from it uh, in that, you know, it's me putting myself out there in a big way because I want others to feel like, look, you know, we all sort of have these moments and these are all things that we go through. I'm just talking about them hopefully they can inspire you to either overcome them or at least reflect on what's going on. And so this year I am self-publishing uh, my first novel that I wrote entitled Focus Puller, which again is fully self-published. It'll be available on Amazon and in plenty of talks with bookstores again across the U.S. for people to be able to get it physically there. And it's really a story about this average guy who's had different life experiences. And it sort of are these short vignettes of moments in his life from childhood all the way up to, you know, middle age and sort of reflecting back on, on what these things have meant. And then it also sort of shifts perspectives and it really talks through the people that he's had relationships with. So the, the different women that he's dated and things and has their own musings on him as a character. So it's really just a very deep, deep character study of, of one person who is just trying to find himself in the world and explore that. Um, when it comes to the film side of things over the years, I produced several short films that are you can check out through the website which is twotonyproductions.com and also I have a few feature films that are written that are in the very very early stages of pre-production so right now it's a matter of finding investors producers uh, financiers all that good stuff to get those going um, one of which is a coming-of-age drama that's set in the early 90s, and the other is a horror film that is set to be animated 
um, that is takes place during World War One. So those are the big projects that are sort of getting underway as I've kind of switched from just doing more of the short film work into the feature space. And the last kind of thing that I'm involved with right now is uh, it's an indie horror film that is going to be shooting in the summer in L.A. So I've been working closely with the main producer on that as an associate producer. Um, and that one is a pretty exciting project. So lots of hope for where that can go. But uh, yeah, it's going to be filming and hopefully wrapped with post-production by the late year. Uh, so it'll kind of be getting out there for film festivals and distribution and stuff by about January, February of 2023. So you got two Tonys production.com, two Tony productions. Tell us about any other social media links if people want to follow you. Yeah. So you can find more about two Tony productions on Instagram uh, you can also find out a bunch through my personal Twitter, which is uh, Daniel Dan Hess nineteen ninety, and then through the website, you know all all the links and stuff to get over to like my LinkedIn, my personal Facebook, uh, personal Twitter, personal Instagram, and then also the company Instagram. Um, all those links are there. That's why I always sort of say like twotownyproductions.com is sort of the one stop shop for getting to know everything about the company. And then in my spare time, I also run a blog on the website, which showcases different filmmakers from around the world with their projects, as well as uh, indie authors, again, from all over the world um, and their backstories and stuff like that. So I try to take the time to, you know, grow the community and give back to the community in that I'm creating this space for fellow filmmakers and fellow writers to sort of share who they are and, you know, have an outlet to be able to, to kind of have that, uh, speaker, speaker box, so to speak. Okay. Well, close us out with some final thoughts and also tell us your most anticipated film that's going to be coming out this year. <laughs> um, I mean, final thoughts would really just be to anybody that's listening that's maybe going through some struggles or trying to get a career change in place or trying to build up a brand or anything. I always like to tell people it's, you know, it's like building a house. You take it brick by brick and it's a, it's a slow moving process. I think a lot of times, especially in the days of, you know, rampant social media, we all sort of want to have these things that have this instantaneous, you know, rocket pro projection of just zero to a hundred. Now we're super successful and all that stuff. But I think the more realistic approach to take is to understand that you have to build trust with people and you have to show people that things aren't small scale and they aren't short lived, that you are going to have this staying power with stuff. And I think the more you kind of show that, the more people get behind what you're doing and that's how you build something up. So, you know, if you're not getting the amount of likes or the amount of views on stuff right away, you know, take it slow and just let it build, you know, and maybe you'll have one of those things that's a post that's somehow a runaway success for one reason or another. And that's awesome. But I think you also have to know that 
you know, it is going to take some time and everything. As far as anticipated films, I mean, I was really excited for that Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I feel like everybody is kind of saying its praises and it is a great film. So that was definitely one of them. But, you know, I'm, I'm surprisingly uh, really looking forward to uh, the Elvis biopic that it's coming out with uh, Tom Hanks, directed by Baz Luhrmann. I think he does interesting films and I think it'll be cool to see, you know, a biopic about Elvis uh, since he was just such a big icon. So that's the the first thing that has popped in my head. Um, I don't think there's anything else top of mind really outside of that. Um, there's plenty of great films coming out and that's usually the problem is that uh, I just get overwhelmed and then I forget half of them and, <laughs> Then they come out and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I wanted to see that really bad. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my that's my individual pick for right now. Ladies and gentlemen, twotonyproductions.com. Go check Daniel's work out, his films, his book, and keep up with him with all, all that he's going to be doing in the future. Please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode after listening and Android listeners. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Thank you so much for joining me today, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me again. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.